You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter Podcast, presented to you by PHL Sports Nation and sponsored by Anchor. It's Matt and Logan back here again, and we're very close to the end of the preseason. We're coming up on week four, the final week of the preseason, where the Eagles are going to you know, try to put some more players on the field and see who's going to make that final cut. So today, Logan and I are going to talk about who may make the team with a really good performance and who might um, get cut from the team if they don't have the performance that the Eagles are looking at because they got a lot of tough decisions to make. This is a tough roster to uh, make the final cuts towards because there's a lot of talent at a lot of positions. But uh, without further ado, Logan, who who might make the team with a great performance starting off? Yeah, the first guy that comes to mind is uh, Sharif Miller. He's kind of had a roller coaster of um, preseason so far. You know, he week one, he kind of didn't play too well. He was missing gaps. He was missing plays that he could have made, and he was just kind of in the wrong spot. Uh, at times where he could have made a play, but now over the last two weeks, we've really seen him step up his game. Now we're really seeing why the Eagles use a fourth round pick on him. He's shown great instincts, being able to make the tackle. A few plays where you see the running back going in one direction, Treat Miller trails the play and brings down the running back for only a few yards instead of it being a big gain. So we've really seen Treat Miller kind of grow in front of our eyes. And I think um, if he if he's able to cap off what he's done um, over the last two weeks and week four, he's going to put himself in a really good situation. Obviously, the defensive end spot's a tough one because you got him, you got Josh Sweat, and you got Deshaun Hall all kind of competing for one or maybe two spots. So, it so far, I'd say Deshaun Hall's obviously had um, the biggest performance, but Sharif uh, um, uh, Miller has kind of, as I said, grown over the last few weeks, and he's kind of starting to separate himself a little bit. So, I think, like I said, if he's able to have a good final week, he's put, he'll put himself in a really good position to make the team. Yeah, great points there. And in my opinion, the Eagles kind of reached for him in the draft, uh, taking him in the fourth round. I remember looking at him going into the draft, and he was slated at like fifth and beyond. Um, but it was a good pick. I really liked him as a prospect. Um, he's just not as talented as uh, some people expected coming out of college. He's a work in progress, but making the final roster would be a great stepping point to him progressing as an NFL player and contributing to the depth that the Eagles are going to have for years to come because he's going to be cheaper. And when you got um, an expensive rusher like Brandon Graham and then Derek Barnett needed a contract soon, it's going to be very important to have guys like this around that you can draft and keep around for a couple years at a cheap price. So I really hope that he can make the roster because uh, he's a great player, great player to uh, have in the locker room as well. So hopefully he can uh, get a few tackles and pressures on the QB this upcoming week and show Doug Peterson that he's ready to make the final roster in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. And we saw um, with Josh Sweat, even when he was a rookie, um, he had that injury going on, but because they used a fourth round pick on him, they weren't, weren't ready to move on from him, maybe put him on the practice squad. He made the team. So I think that's kind of a similar situation with Sharif Miller, where he's actually on the field and he's making plays. So it's even more incentive for them to keep him, keep him around because like you said, they did kind of reach for him in the fourth round. He 
probably more of a later round pick, but them taking him that high shows that they believe he can be a good defensive end that can make an impact on the team. And um, obviously, last two weeks, like I said, um, he's grown so much because I thought after week one, it was for sure that he was going to end up on the practice squad and kind of end up being a wasted pick. But now he's kind of turned it around and he's kind of looking like he could be someone who, if Brandon Graham maybe needs a breather, he can go on the field and make a play. Or if Derek Barnett gets another injury, he can be there and kind of fill the hole for him. So I think um, he's definitely shown a lot, a lot the last few weeks. And it's he would it would be a lot more sure of him making the team if there weren't three guys competing for one or two spots. But um, he's really helped his case. So I definitely like what I've seen from him so far. Yeah, he's a Philly native, so it'd be great to see him stay in his hometown and play for the Eagles, a team that he's loved for a long time. But uh, also one thing to point out is um, that the Eagles did lose Joe Osman back a couple weeks ago, and they're going to need to fill that role. Obviously, they got other skilled guys like Benny Curry and uh, Deshaun Hall. Hopefully, he's going to make the roster that step in. But um, Joe Osman looked like he was going to be a pretty solid lock to make the team as long as he kept that success from training camp going into the preseason. So it opens up another spot for a guy like Sharif Miller. Um, he's really going to have to fight to make it because there's a lot of guys similar to him, Deshaun Hall and Josh Sweat, competing for those final spots in the DN position. But it gives him a little bit more uh, accessibility to make that final spot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely a uh, very sad news with Joe Osman going down with the injury. Um, I agree. I think he was for sure going to make the roster just because of what we heard from last year, how he's playing so great in practice squad, um, really making an impact and helping the starters out, getting them prepared. And then it really sounded like he was translating his game towards this year where he's proving he, not just he's a practice squad player, but he can be one of those top guys. So now the Eagles, as you said, shifted their attention elsewhere. And I think um, Shreve Miller is really the one, uh, the one that caught their eye. Um, personally, I think Deshaun Hall's a lock to make the roster just because what he's done the last few weeks is just undeniable. He's an NFL talent. Um, we even saw him last year be able to make plays. So I think he's for sure on there. Um, so with Shreve Miller, I think um, he's just made enough plays to really put himself in that position where if he does it one more time, I think that's the thing that really solidifies his spot on the roster. We'll find out quickly because last preseason game's Thursday. They got to make cuts by 4 p.m. on Saturday. So it's going to be a really quick turnaround. And the team will have some pretty tough decisions to make really quickly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, especially with a guy like Shreve Miller, considering they used to pick on him kind of up and down, but he's been more up lately, so that definitely helps his cause. Yeah, great points. And I'll start off with my list. Um, my first player that I think will make the roster with a good performance is Alex Singleton. Um, I liked him. He had a very strong performance in week two of the preseason. I believe he had nine tackles. I could be wrong, but a lot of tackles, and he was all over the place, making plays across the field, and he was very involved on special teams. That's kind of the reason the Eagles brought him in, is to uh, get that athletic um, avail availability on their special team, someone that's quick and can make tackles because he's a short tackler and he's a CFL product. Um, but he does have some NFL experience. He was drafted or signed with the Seahawks as an undrafted free agent, then spent some time with the Patriots and the Vikings, but never really found his spot in the NFL. But in the CFL, he did very well. And I think he's ready to come back to the NFL and uh, show that he's ready to make a final roster, even if it's just being on a uh, special teams unit with the Eagles. He ran a 4.62, uh, 40 at the 2015 Pro Day with his college. So pretty good speed there. And he helps fill the void of uh, Camus Grugier-Hill as he misses time with that injury. He's not going to start. He's not going to immediately go in and fill the Camus role, but it gives him a little bit more uh, versatility 
to flex guys in. If Nate Jerry's not having a great game or LJ Fort needs some help on special teams, then Alex Singleton is going to be a great player to put in because you're missing out on a starting linebacker for the first couple of weeks. And the line that I'm looking for for him to make the team is uh, about eight tackles, a pass breakup to show that versatility on defense. And if he gets a sack, I think that'll really help him help his cause to make the final roster. Yeah, Alex Singleton's one of those guys who's kind of similar to um, Shreve Miller, kind of caught up in a situation where there's a lot of really good players at one position because you have the five guys with um, Nigel Brown, and you got Zach Brown, you got Camus, then you got Nate Jerry, and then um, you got LJ Fort. And then you also have Alex Singleton, maybe even TJ Edwards, all kind of competing for probably five spots, I'd say. So um, it's a tough situation for him. He's definitely played very well. Um, preseason, he's shown his most value as a special teamer, which, as you know, for the Eagles is very key. Um, I think uh, it, it'll just be tough for him to make the squad because of two reasons. One, I don't think Camus will be out long enough to really warn him being put on the pup list because he should be back by late September. Um, I saw today that he is still in a knee brace, which is, for me, at least a little concerning because considering his injury, he should have been out of that brace like two weeks ago, so I'm not really sure why they're keeping the brace on him. He should be able to walk freely without it. So um, maybe there's something actually going on there. And then obviously uh, you have Nate Jerry, who um, he kind of hasn't had the best preseason, honestly. Like I could totally understand the Eagles cutting him, but Jim Schwartz is absolutely in love with him. He talked about how um, they, they were able to use him as a starter at times and he helped win them games. So even if he has such a bad preseason, I don't think they're going to move on from him. So it kind of makes it tough for Singleton. There's a lot of guys there, and he's a great player. I would definitely love to see him make the team, but there's just so much going on that I'm not really sure if that can happen or not. Yeah, I agree. It would definitely take a lot for him to make the roster. And PFF ranked uh, TJ Edwards as the 10th best rookie in preseason so far. So he is getting a lot of praise to possibly make the final roster. LJ Fort looks fantastic. Nate Jerry, like you said, uh, I, my personal 53-man roster that I made myself, I left him off of it because there's just things that um, I don't see out of him that warrant him making a uh, final roster spot. But I know the Eagles love him, and that's almost like very unlikely for him to not make the roster. So you got you got to put him in somehow. But uh, besides that, you got Nigel Bradham and Zach Brown who can hold down the fort until Camus comes back. But the Eagles can't really go wrong at the linebacker position. They got a lot of great depth there. Um, LJ Ford was a very underrated underrated signing this offseason because he brings so much to the table. When he was signed, everybody just thought he was a special teams piece. But now when he's getting increased looks in the preseason, he's shown that he can do a lot more than that. So that's going to be very valuable. I wouldn't be hurt if Alex Singleton doesn't make the team. Uh, he has a great story and uh, great skill. I really like him, but it's not like the team's going to be hurting a lot if he doesn't make the final squad. Yeah, and it's a complete 180 from what we saw last year with the linebacker position where they were struggling just to get guys on the field be able to make plays. Now they have like seven legitimate guys who are worthy of a roster spot, and they're only going to keep four or five. So it's definitely a great issue to have. Um, but, yeah, with Singleton, him and TJ Edwards, they both have played so well in the preseason. So it'll be unfortunate to see them not make the team, as that's what I expect. At least they won't make the team. You never know. But, um, yeah, and uh, so it's just unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, Singleton's at least made a good case maybe to end up on another team's 53-man roster if the Eagles cut him or just something like that. So it, I think if he has a good game, um, 
in week four, it'll be kind of more to make another team instead of the Eagles. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's kind of tougher him and Edwards. Yeah, for sure. And moving forward, Logan and I actually agree on the next two. We're going to talk about Greg Ward Jr. first. He was with the Eagles for some time, but never really found his spot on a final roster yet. But uh, in the AAF last season with uh, San Antonio, he played very well. He was a great um, wide receiver. I think he played on special teams a bit, too, as a returner. And he did have that deep touchdown from Clayton Thorson in the preseason where he had great agility and vision after the catch. Uh, a lot of great things to see out of the wide receiver that's looking to make a spot in another crowded position. Um, so, Logan, what do you see about Greg Ward? Uh, Greg Ward is... Like you said, he's one of those guys who's been like right on the cuts for the last few years. And um, this year, he's really taken the extra step. We saw that deep touchdown pass um, in the preseason where he showed exactly what he's able to do. He's a very athletic guy. He's got good speed, and he's able to make things happen. And really, that's what you need because he's kind of stuck in a situation where it's him and Matt Collins, maybe a little more in the back. You got Mark and, Mark and Michelle, but uh, he's kind of falling back a little bit. And um, with Greg Ward, you see him on the field making plays, making things happen. Whereas Matt Collins, he's not really doing as much still dealing with injuries and everything. It's kind of more a special team instead of a true wide receiver. So Greg Ward's actually shown true value to the team where if something happens to one of their deep threats like Deshaun Jackson, he's shown he can go in there and be able to make something happen. Um, we haven't seen it in an actual NFL game, not in a preseason setting, so that's obviously a little bit of a concern. But, I mean, he's really taken a nice big step uh, in preseason. I, I truly expect him to make the roster, I think, uh, the Eagles don't typically keep six wide receivers, but I think they might just do that for Greg Ward. Yeah, we're hearing great things about him so far, and the all the talk is coming to show in the preseason. Like we talked about that touchdown, great vision after the catch. I really liked how he just avoided the tackle and uh, found his way to the end zone. So a lot of great things about Greg Ward. It's just tough for him to make the roster behind all those talented wide receivers. And like you said, Matt Collins hasn't been with the team a lot with those injuries, but the team likes him and they value special teams a lot. If you can be versatile, maybe not the best wide receiver, but you can contribute on special teams, then you're going to be very valuable to the team. So that's going to help Matt Collins out in the long run, but they have to keep an open mind in this upcoming week and see if Greg Ward might be the um, possibility to keep him over Matt Collins. Uh, if they need want to keep five receivers, I think they might keep uh, six as well. I agree with you there, but, uh, they got a tough decision to make because it's going to be hard to keep an excess amount of players at one position because there's a lot of talent and a lot of depth everywhere. But Greg Ward definitely deserves a spot on this team, and I would definitely be upset to see him not make it. I think one thing that kind of uh, affects the wide receiver position in terms of how many they keep is what they do at running back and how many they keep there. Yeah. I've seen some people say, oh, five running backs, five wide receivers. I don't think they're going to keep five running backs. I think they're top four are really solid that they don't even need a fifth because you got Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, who are clear, no doubt starters. Then you got Darren Sproles, who's Darren Sproles. We don't need to explain who he is. Then you got Corey Clement, who, yeah, he's dealt with injuries, but he also had a hundred yard receiving game in the Super Bowl. Corey Clement's not going to get cut. He's nothing's going to happen there. He's going to make the team. And he's shown that he's a very useful running back and he can do m multiple things. Great in the passing game. He's a very powerful runner and he's a good pass blocker too. So they really have four guys there who are just, no doubt um, just top-of-the-line guys in terms of like what they had last year where it was a complete disaster running back. So I think if you keep four running backs, that allows you to keep a six-wide receiver, especially if it's a playmaker where they think they can make an impact because, as we both said, Greg Ward clearly showed he's a playmaker and showed he can make an impact um, at that position and on the roster. So 
I think in a situation like that, if you keep four running backs, it completely makes sense to keep a six wide receiver. But obviously, we're not the ones making the decision, just a prediction. But uh, at least that's what I think what would happen. Yeah, most of the time, it's just 10 combined players between running backs and wide receivers. That's kind of the trend that you see in the NFL. And if the Eagles are comfortable with their top four running backs, and I definitely am, Logan is too, then by all means, they need to keep Matt Collins and Greg Ward and keep those six wide receivers and have that extra depth because running back group is solid and uh the wide receiver group you need guys to contribute onto special teams as well and um prevent uh possibly prevent any injury uh scares like if Deshaun Jackson or Aguilar goes down you need someone that can step in and uh help contribute to that so uh the line that I'm looking for for Greg Ward this upcoming game is four more receptions and 70 or more yards and a deep reception would be nice show that deep ball ability he doesn't really need to see the end zone for me to be sold on him as I've seen enough so far, but I just want to see at least one deep ball to him and have him show that excellent vision that we saw uh, back in week two. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think the Eagles are going to do him too many favors in terms of the personnel they use because it doesn't sound like Josh McCown will play on Thursday, so it'll probably be Cody Kessler and Clayton Thorson going out there, and obviously we saw what happened last week, at least with Kessler, where he didn't really play too well. So, I mean... Who knows, maybe he has a good game, uh, but it'll be kind of tougher. Greg Ward to have a repeat of last week just because he's not going to have a good quarterback thrown to him. But I think the Eagles saw what he's able to do with a at least a semi-decent quarterback and then imagine what he can do with Carson Wentz. So, yeah, it'll be kind of tough Thursday for him to have as big of a game as he has in the past few weeks. But um, I think so far he's done enough, and as long as he's able to show that he's – even stuff that won't show up on the stat, stats line. So even in the film where – they see he's separating from cornerbacks. They see he's getting open and uh, doing good in the run game, blocking the corners. Um, as long as he's able to do stuff like that, like not even show up on a stat line, I think he'll be fine. And that'll definitely still further his cause to making the roster. For sure. And uh, last but not least, Nate Herbig is our last player that we're going to talk about. If he plays well, he might find himself on the 53-man roster. And uh, personally, my opinion on him is he's set up for a, a good chance to make the team because – Matt Pryor and Steven Wisniewski haven't been playing that well. Matt Pryor, in my opinion, will not make the team because he's struggling with his blocking. He's struggling with the penalties. And it's just not something that you want to see out of your um, so-called versatile offensive lineman that they love so much and wanted to keep him around because he can play guard and tackle. Uh, Nate Herbig has been decent with the second team. And he's kind of moving himself uh, above Steven Wisniewski on the depth chart because he's shown that he's a good second team center in case Jason Kelsey goes down. Steven Wisniewski wasn't great at snapping the ball in uh, the training camp. And that's very important to do obviously as a center, because uh, that's your main goal. You want to snap the ball, make sure it's a good snap for Carson Wentz to set up this play. If you're given a bad snap every time, then uh, the offense isn't going to run very smoothly because the pass rush is going to come at you very quickly. So if Herbig can be a good backup center, then that's just going to set him apart greatly he has a very good versatile trait with the center and guard on his resume and he went undrafted but that was largely due to a bad 40-yard dash time I think he was the worst out of all interior offensive linemen but he definitely has other skills to outshine that yeah you mentioned he was undrafted he actually got the second most amount of guaranteed money from the Eagles out of the all the undrafted free agents they signed just behind uh, TJ Edwards so it's clear even from the beginning, the Eagles um, at least had some high hopes for him. And as we see now in the preseason, it's kind of unfolding the way they hoped it would because 
one of the biggest jobs of the center is to be able to snap the football. Nate Herbig has been able to do that. Stefan Wisniewski hasn't been able to. So that's the number one battle right there. You need Carson Wentz to be able to stay upright when he's receiving the football to be able to make the throw. He, he can't throw the ball down the field if he's laying on the ground, picking up the football from a bad snap. So even just there, Nate Herbig's really separated himself. And I think this year, it's not common for the Eagles to always keep a backup center. But I think after what happened last year with Kelsey suffering the foot injury, the knee injury, the arm injury, it's just gone to the point where they need that insurance because you can only roll Jason Kelsey out there for so long and force him to play through so many injuries before something gives in some direction. So I think um, if Herbig is able to just keep continuing what he's doing and if Wisniewski doesn't step it up, I think it's going to be really hard for them to not keep Herbig just because you need that backup center and you really need depth on considering how important the offensive line is to the, to the team's success because the offensive line holds up, the team will be fine. So, and if you have depth, that'll help even more. So I think that's really the biggest reason Herbig is just playing so much better than than Wisniewski so far. So I think for me personally, it's a no-brainer to keep him. Yeah, what makes it so much better is he's not just limited, limited to the center position. He can play guard as well. So if you want to roster him, it's not like you're keeping a backup center. It doesn't look uh, poorly on a depth chart keeping a player just to back up Jason Kelsey. He can back up anywhere on the interior offensive line. So it's going to make him so much more valuable. Obviously, you've got guys like Vitae, um, Wisniewski, possibly if he makes the roster that can step into guard up above Herbig, but he has that versatility. If a lot of injuries happen, then he can take up uh, two positions in just one spot. So that's super valuable to the team. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we've seen uh, even in other spots how if you have versatility, the Eagles want to keep you around. They don't want to just shove you out the door. We've seen with Vitae how now he's able to play tackle and guard. So it's really boosting his value even more. And with Herbig, him being able to play multiple positions, it just adds so much more value because um, injuries happen. It's part of the game. And uh, so you lose multiple guys at one spot. You you need to be able to shuffle guys around and make something work. And um, if guys have experienced multiple spots, obviously makes it a lot easier where you don't have to worry about, oh, now we're having a guy who's never played left guard before play left guard. Like hopefully this works out, but you really don't know where with guys like Herbig, you know that he's at least capable of doing it. He's not going to be in no man's land. So it's not be a good value for him. And um, yeah, like I said, that's something the Eagles have always liked. So I would expect, I expect them to continue to favor that, especially with Herbie, considering how he's done so far in the preseason. Yeah, and what I want to see out of him this upcoming game is some solid snaps back to the quarterback, whoever it may be. Don't have him scrambling for the ball, whether it be on the ground, above his head. Just get it right to his chest and let him set up the play himself. Uh, don't allow any sacks or... If it happens, maybe just limit to, limit it to one. And I'd like to see him get some snaps in at both center and guard to show that versatility and see what he can do at both positions. Because if he can excel at both, then it's going to be an easy decision to keep him around. Yeah, for sure. Um, it'll be a good opportunity for him for one final week to show um, what he's able to do. He's put together a really good stretch so far. And um, just being add that icing on the cake, show that, oh, when the pressure's on and the toughest moment where you need to be able to finish, he's able to do it. And for the coaching staff, that's important to see because you need to know that guys are able to stay strong and maybe in situations where it's easy for pressure to get a hold of you or um, just a bunch of things. So as long as Herbig is able to go out there, continue what he's been doing all preseason, I think he'll be fine. And um, like I said, it'll be really tough to deny him a roster spot. Yeah, moving forward, we're going to get to um, who might have have to be cut from the Eagles roster if they have a bad performance this Thursday after this ad.
So Logan, we'd like to start things off. Who could possibly be cut if they don't live up to their expectations this final preseason game? Yeah, I'm going to con- uh, continue with the last topic. I think uh, this is probably going to be Stefan Wisniewski's uh, last game as an Eagle. Um, as we said with Herbig, he's been so much better than Wisniewski. And really, Wisniewski is a guy that's kind of been an, 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 uh, excuse me, an enigma, um, <laughs> tongue twister. <laughs> um, but yeah, because they first got rid of him, then they brought him back, and now he's on the team. And he just hasn't done very well. So um, I think it's just he has just too much of an uphill battle to make it back. I don't know what would have to happen Thursday for him to really get back in the conversation um, just because Herbig's played so well, and there's only so many spots that you can use for at each, at each position for a roster spot. So, yeah, I think um, this is going to be his last game in the midnight green. Uh, he's had a good good run with the Eagles, but it's just been – too much negative in the preseason. He just just too much has gone wrong for him to really have a chance at making the 53-man roster. Yeah, good points there. And the Eagles went a couple of months without him this offseason, and they were planning not to keep him around. Obviously, let, they let him walk in free agency, uh, let it go a little bit, and decided to bring him back. But in the meantime, they're preparing to go without um, his new skill on the roster. They brought in Nate Herbig, who we just talked about as an undrafted free agent. So there's a lot of concern. Oh, who's going to be the backup center now if Jason Kelsey goes down? But you got guys like you got a guy like Herbig that can step into that role. So it adds a little bit more competition. And all of a sudden, Wisniewski isn't a lock to make the roster. They're very similar players in that they're versatile and they can back up Jason Kelsey. But at the end of the day, Herbig's outplaying him. He doesn't have the NFL experience that Wisniewski does. But sometimes it's good to make a change. And I think it's definitely the smart thing for the Eagles to do to move on from Wisniewski and let Herbig get the offensive line spot and the depth chart and uh, back up Jason Kelsey if need be. And if not, he's just a valuable piece to keep around in case an injury occurs. Yeah, we've seen the Eagles kind of in the past favor guys who have been around, been a part of the team and know the system. But a guy like Wisniewski, um, you, can only make, you can only protect a guy so much saying, oh, he's been a part of the team. It, it eventually gets to the point where you say, all right, we need to now move on to the future, not live in the past, I think just his play, it makes it easy to realize that and realize, all right, maybe this isn't the guy we want to back up. Jason Kelsey, one of the best centers in the game. So I think um, it just, like I said, it's just been too much downhill, too much negative, too many bad snaps, too many missed blocks for really any argument to say, oh, he should stay a part of the team. Because just because he made a block or a good snap in 2018 or 2017 doesn't mean that he's worthy of being on the team in 2019. So it's just, it's tough for Wisniewski. Um, Obviously, they... We're hoping it would work out when they brought him back, but obviously uh, we've seen it's not really working out now. Yeah, it's definitely time for a change. And um, I'm going to start off with my list. Wendell Smallwood, I don't think he's going to make the final roster. We touched on this earlier. Saying that the Eagles are likely going to take four or keep four running backs around, being uh, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Corey Clement, and Darren Sproles. But Wendell Smallwood is still on the bubble. He, If he has a great performance, the Eagles like him and could keep him around. Um, he's competing with Josh Adams for possibly a fifth uh, running back spot on the roster, but the group is just so deep and it's too talented to keep around five guys. Whereas you got other positions like wide receiver that you want, you want to keep an extra guy to help contribute to the team. And he's also in the last year of his contract. So it makes Josh Adams and Corey Clement a little bit more attractive to keep around because they're earlier in their contract years. So um, they got, more left in the tank and are going to be able to contribute for longer. Whereas Smallwood, if he 
stays on the team and then walks in free agency, you only get one year. So um, another thing that they could use Smallwood for is possibly a trade chip. Uh, there's a little bit of a need for running back around a league, especially like running back depth. You got teams like the Texans who just uh, suffered from Lamar Miller torn ACL. Cowboys, I highly doubt that would happen, but the whole Ezekiel Elliott drama. Um, other teams might want Wendell Smallwood around as a RB3 just to help their offense improve a little bit. So that is a possibility, but the return would be very minimal, but it would definitely help rather than just cutting him for nothing. And to conclude, he's just not as a, as talented as the other backs on the roster. And he doesn't have a specific role. Like he's just an all around average back. He doesn't have like the pass catching ability that would secure him a roster spot or the goal line carries. He has a little bit of everything, but Jordan Howard can do short yardage better and Darren Sproles can catch passes better. So every single player is better than him in some aspect as a collective group. So it just doesn't make sense to keep him around because he's not going to get a lot of looks and he would likely not be on the team after this season. I think all the Smallwood haters on Eagles Twitter are celebrating right now after hearing that. There's a <laughs> lot of people that are pretty sick and tired of seeing him make the 50-man roster, um, rightfully so. But yeah, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth because I was thinking maybe that a team like the Texans could use a guy who's been around for the last few years, hasn't necessarily been a high-production guy, but he's shown he can at least somewhat contribute in some fashion because other than Duke Johnson, their next best option is Demaria Crockett. So it's not like they have a ton going for them right now after losing Lamar Miller. Who knows, maybe they trade for Melvin Gordon, but um, I wouldn't uh, count on it. But um, yeah, like you said too, um, really it's important in the NFL to have a specific skill set that you're really good at. Like you said, with Sproles being a receiving back or um, Clement also being a receiving back. Whereas for a small wood, it's just a whole bunch of average and being average won't make you um, be a consistent guy in the NFL. So um, it's definitely tough for Smallwood. He's he's done some good things for the Eagles in the past, but I think it'll eventually be a very easy decision to move on from him. Yeah, and just uh, to pause this podcast real quick, just got news from Ian Rappaport that yep. Deshaun Jackson suffered a broken finger in practice today in his left hand, but uh, isn't expected to miss any time, but just something to monitor team or players play through that kind of stuff all the time. But uh, maybe went through it a little too hard for him and uh, <laughs> broke the finger, but he should be fine. Um, just, you know, injuries are happening. It's, it's tough to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, we're still what 12 days out, 11 days out from the first game of the season. So he should be good to go by then yeah. against the Redskins. Um, I mean, a ring finger, it's not one of the, it's not the pinky finger or the index finger where it's more susceptible to being dragged down a certain direction where it's going to cause more pain. So obviously he's going to have to take some time to let that heal because he needs to be able to catch the ball without pain. But yeah, that's a, I mean, it sucks that he's hurt, but it's really going to be a non-issue once it comes down to time for him to actually be on the field. Um, this is kind of one of my minor concerns about uh, Deshaun Jackson, just because we've seen him have some injury issues in the past, but I mean, it's a new year, so you, you don't really know. Um, Obviously, you don't want any player to suffer a broken finger, but I think I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, it shouldn't be an issue. So uh, back to the topic, Wendell Smallwood, like we've been saying, just doesn't have a spot on this team. And um, personally, in order to get cut the last preseason game, he's going to have to average under uh, 3.5 yards per carry, probably more likely under three, uh, no touchdowns and 
if he's dropping passes or loses a fumble, it's going to be an easy cut. He's really going to have to impress to um, secure a spot. So I'm not really expecting much out of him. He's really going to have to shine to stay around on this roster. So um, I don't want to see him on the team. So, I mean, I, I don't hope uh, that on any Eagles player, but um, I'm, I'm just hoping that other players can step up and contribute and earn a spot over, you know, a fifth running back. Yeah, I think even if he has like a 75-yard touchdown, he's still not making the team, but that's just my opinion. Um, I think even with Josh Adams, you can make an argument for him because he at least showed last year that he's capable of being a leading rusher for the team. He led the team in rushing yards all year. So, um, and I mean, even a guy like Josh Adams, he's had such a rocky camp where he, it's, t- it's tough to make a case for him. And going back to the Greg Ward thing, you have Greg Ward making all these great plays. You have Wendell Smallwood pretty much doing nothing. You have Josh Adams making all these mistakes. So... I think when it comes down to looking at the big picture, it, it's really pretty obvious that there's not um, a reasonable argument to make a spot for Wendell Smallwood or Josh Adams over a guy like Greg Ward. So, yeah, to all the people that don't like Wendell Smallwood, I think you're going to be pretty happy of what you see over the next few days. Yeah, I definitely hope so. And Logan, who do you have next up on your list? This one's kind of a might surprise some people. I actually think Josh Sweat. So, I kind of touched on this a little bit before. I think Deshaun Hall is a lock to make the roster. I think what Shreve Miller has done over the last few weeks, he's really showed why they took him in the fourth round. Obviously, the Eagles also used a fourth rounder on Josh Sweat. The, the issue is, though, he had some issues. Um, then he got drafted, didn't really do anything year one. He's put on that weight, which is a good thing, but he hasn't really translated to the field. He hasn't really done much. He hasn't been making plays. He hasn't really been getting in the right spot, so... Yeah, he's gotten his body right, but that does mean his game's at that level, and you can't you can't take Josh Sweat just because you, you took a fourth rounder on him two years ago when you have a fourth rounder this year who's actually making plays on the field. So I think um, Josh Sweat it kind of it's gone from a situation where oh we have Josh Sweat who could actually be a big time contributor to now oh Josh Sweat um just kind of falling behind uh, Deshaun Hall and Sharif Miller. So it's a tough situation from him. He's caught up in like I said before, a really tough defensive end spot where there's so many guys there, but um. Yeah, I think it's kind of just gone too far south for him to really have a, a strong chance at making the roster, just even with what could happen on Thursday. Yeah, that would definitely be tough because, as we said earlier, um, when we were talking about who was shining in training camp a couple weeks back, Josh Sweat was the topic. You know, he added a bunch of size. He was looking a lot better, improving his pass rushing. But, you know, he's he's not been, like, blowing people out of the water and uh, preseason like Deshaun Hall has and having that great performance game after game. So Josh Sweat, yeah, I, I agree. He's definitely on the bubble, but it, it would take probably a lot for him to not make the roster. I think he still has leverage over Sharif Miller, even though they um, spent a pick on Sharif Miller just because he's been through the system. He's shown um, a lot of improvement, but it's a tough decision. There's three guys that are very similar. They have a lot to offer and there's likely only two spots for them. So uh, it's going to come down to a really tough cut because all of them deserve to make a spot, but there's just not enough space. Yeah. You can make an argument in both directions. I think um, that's why preseason games are pretty important. So obviously for everyone um, Thursday, I'd say paying attention to the battle between Joshua and Shreve Miller is the biggest thing to look for. Cause I think, that's kind of the one situation where it could go either direction. Um, obviously, you lean Josh Sweat, I lean Sharif Miller. So, and I'm sure that's how it is in the Eagles front office, where some people like Sharif Miller because they just drafted him, where others like Josh Sweat because he had that uh, could be potential. So, 
there's definitely a lot that could happen. I think um, Thursday's going to be a really good uh, final look at um, what's going to happen. I don't think Thursday's going to necessarily – it's not like what happens Thursday is the only thing that's going to decide um, who makes a team, but obviously you want to leave that final good um, thought in the team's mind because you don't want to have a dud in the last preseason game of the year, and it's kind of leaving a sour taste, and then the other one has a good game. So it'll be interesting interesting to see um I just think Shri, uh Josh Sweat has a lower hand here but I mean it could go either way yeah it's gonna be tough it's gonna definitely be a huge game to watch out for those three guys so when you're watching definitely watch out for Miller Hall and uh Sweat all on the tv screen because it's gonna be a tough matchup all of them are gonna be fighting for a spot they know the situation they know that there's locks ahead of them and there's only a certain amount of spots to be made so it's gonna be a great battle and i hope all of them come out to play and just give it all that they can yeah for sure um there it'll be uh definitely fun to see how it unfolds thursday i i'm obviously not a big fan of a preseason game just like knowing up the majority <laughs> of people um but i mean just looking at the competitions going on on the roster i mean even over the last three weeks it's fluctuated so much so it'll be it'll be nice to see um just kind of see what happens and try to get in the minds of the people making this decision of who makes the team. And um, like I said before, Sharif Miller and Josh Sweat, I think that's number one to pay attention to. Um, so it'll be, it'll be nice to see how it unfolds. I'm very curious to see how both guys step up in the moment. Um, I'm sure they'll be given plenty of opportunity to make their case. I would, I would imagine they'd be on the field for the majority of the game to really show what they're capable of doing. So it'll be definitely exciting to watch. And um definitely something good to look out for in the preseason finale yeah and going back to the offensive side of the ball my next player is Clayton Thorson um he did have a pretty good performance um so far in preseason but you can't forget that week one performance where he was just terrible and training camp you never heard one good thing about him I think I just saw uh one good report compared to about 50 (laughs) bad reports about him so you can't forget all of that no matter how well he played in week two um and a lot of thing, a lot of uh, things that I have wrong with him, especially uh, other fans out there, is after week one, the coaching staff was saying that he just was too scared to be playing. But like we mentioned um, in our previous podcast, after week one of the preseason, if you're trying to make an NFL spot, like it's okay to have some nerves, but to go out there and play that bad and contribute it all to nerves and you know try to deflect your poor play then you're not ready for the NFL. And the Eagles definitely reached for him in the draft. I didn't like the pick at all. Um, I'm not sure why they were so, you know, wanting to draft a quarterback. But um, one more thing about him, I mean, they just signed Josh McCown. And in order to keep Clayton Thorson around, they would be keeping four quarterbacks in the roster, which is just insane. When compared Nate Sudfeld, if he was healthy, they'd be keeping two. So it's just such a big hit on the final roster. If you're keeping two extra positions, then someone else is getting cut elsewhere. You're going to lose out on possibly a guy like Josh Sweat or, uh, you know, somewhere else, someone's going to suffer. And Clayton Thorson is not worth it. They just need to swallow their pride and just accept that they waste their draft pick, get rid of him. Maybe he comes back to the practice squad, um, but they can't keep him around just because they spent that fifth round pick on him. Yeah, and even with Thorson, he started bad. He has picked it up a little bit, but I think we've got to realize is he's doing this against like the third string guys. He's not mm-hmm. throwing for all these yards against Richard Sherman on the field. Like he's playing guys who probably just like him aren't going to make the roster. 
So it's not like he's you, – you can't justify – it's not like he's going to be doing this against the starters is what I'm trying to say. He's not going to be able to go out there and make this happen against the ones. He will have better weapons, but, I mean, it'll move just so much faster for him. And uh, like you said, he was scared in week one. If he's scared in week one of the preseason, I said this before, if he's scared in week one of the preseason, imagine how he's going to feel in the Super Bowl if we have a, another Carson Wentz situation, say Josh McCown goes down too, and now you're stuck with Clayton Thorson at quarterback. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, he's he's not ready, which is okay. He's a rookie. They didn't draft him to be ready this year. It's kind of more of a project. But, yeah, I think the practice squad is where he needs to be, just kind of get comfortable, really just get into a rhythm, kind of understand his game and what he's able, capable of doing. Um, he, he, I have like uh, seen the strides he's made so far in the preseason, but I mean, there's nothing he can do that's going to get him on the team. So I think uh, he's destined for the practice squad, and then we'll see what happens from there over the next few years. Um, but this year, there's really nothing going on for Clayton Thorson. Yeah, and I understand that Eagles might be without Aid Sudfeld next year, and they definitely won't be with Josh McCown next year. He came out of retirement to sign a one year contract, but it's just because the money was right, they're not going to do that again and extend to him. Um, so I, I get that they want to plan for the future, and that's where some fans are coming with uh, trying to keep Clayton Thorson around. But at the same time, the Eagles are so set up across the board at other positions with young players and a lot of depth that they can um, continue to prove, uh, like build into starters in the next coming years. They're going to have a better draft pick to use on a backup quarterback. And it's not going to be that important. I think fans are just... Um, kind of going crazy because Nick Foles isn't here anymore and they want someone that's very capable to back up a quarterback. But if you look across the league, that's not the trend. Um, it's only in the most uh, crazy situations that the Eagles need someone to lead a uh, backup quarterback to lead them to the Super Bowl like they did with Nick Foles. So I'm not really concerned. Um, I think they're set up greatly with Sudfeld and McCown backing them up. Keep those three around, and that's all you need. You don't need to keep around Thorson. Put him on the practice squad. If he comes around, then, yeah, then he'd be a candidate to keep um, on the 53-man roster in a year or two. But for now, he's not worth keeping another quarterback. Yeah, and I think uh, what happened with Foles is an anomaly. Yeah, I think only one other time we've seen a quarterback come in as a backup and lead the team to the Super Bowl, and that was Tom Brady, probably the greatest quarterback of all time. So, you're not going to consistently be bringing in backup quarterbacks that are going to lead to the Super Bowl if Carson Wentz goes down. I mean, just being honest, having a good backup quarterback is only beneficial to selling tickets and making sure your team isn't terrible. So that's <laughs> that's pretty much as far as it goes. You you can't be banking on it. If your starting quarterback goes down, you're you're not going to win the Super Bowl. And I, I don't think that should be an uproar kind of statement because it's true. You have a starting quarterback because he's the guy that you think is capable of winning it all for you, not multiple guys. It's It just can't happen. So, yeah, I agree. I think Foles has kind of left this mindset where, all right, well, we definitely need a guy who can lead us to the Super Bowl if Wentz goes down. No, that's not going to happen. If Wentz goes down, they're not winning the Super Bowl. And, I mean, that's all right. You obviously don't want Wentz to go down. But you also have Wentz here because you think he's a guy that can win it all for you, not Clean Thorson, not Nate Sudfeld. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a very – interesting situation because it's very unique but that's just how it is yeah great points there and personally he would have to have the performance of his life to make the final roster to keep those four quarterbacks he would have to really show that he's ready for the nfl but that's just unlikely and he's going to be splitting reps with cody kessler so 
it's not going to be enough. And um, I don't want to see him on the final roster. So um, just four quarterbacks, are just too much to keep around. Yeah, for sure. And I, there's no chance of that happening anyways. I think even three quarterbacks alone is almost too much. I think it's just because they like Sudfeld so much. That's the only reason why they're doing it. So yeah, there's, there's a negative percent chance that they keep a fourth quarterback on the roster, regardless of who it is. So, yeah. Um, so the next guy for me that I think um, is going to get cut uh, with or without a good game before is Trey Sullivan. He's just kind of, in terms of how the roster has been designed, he's kind of been just chosen as odd man out because at first I thought he had a chance to make it because he did do pretty well last year filling in when um, some of the guys went down. But now you got Andrew Sandejo back there. You got Ronnie McLeod back in health. You got Jonathan Sipri. And so, and they're not going to keep five safeties like they could with running backs or linebackers. They're, they're going to keep four safeties. And Trey Sullivan is just odd, odd, odd man out because we've seen Cyprian in the past play at a really high level as a safety. He's very, a very good tackler. We know what Sandejo can do. Even though he got ran over by LeGarrette Blount, that's not the only play he's made in his career. So he's a good player. Um, Rodney McLeod, we've seen he's a, one of the leaders on the team. The Malcolm Jenkins, you don't have to say anything about him. We know how good he is. So, yeah, it's a tough situation for Trey Sullivan. I definitely feel for him because he is capable of being an NFL player. It's just the way the team's been designed just really wasn't made for him. So it's tough, but um, hopefully at least goes out there and plays well on Thursday and shows other teams maybe he's uh, worthy of a roster spot. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a long shot at this point just because how the depth of the safety position has gone. If you uh, were to tell me last year that they weren't going to bring anybody else in and they're going to stick with uh, Jenkins and then – Roddy McLeod healing from his injury, then yeah, Trey Sullivan would make the roster, but they just bolstered that with Andrew Sandejo and Jonathan Cyprian, who are uh year like so so far away from Trey Sullivan as far as skill goes, and they're so much more versatile. So uh it just takes away uh it's tough to see Trey Sullivan go just because he helped out the team a lot in the playoff run last year. And he's a younger player, so it'd be good to keep him around to, you know, help the team down the road, but uh, you just got to focus on the now. Problems will work themselves out, just like the quarterback position. So, yeah, I, I highly doubt he makes the roster. He would have to do so much in order to make it. But there's only so much one player can do, especially a safety and one preseason game. So he's likely a you know lock to not make the team. Yeah, definitely. I think the one argument people are trying making is, oh well, you saved the fourth round compensatory pick if you cut Andrew Sandejo. Like you said, you're playing for the now. You're playing to win a Super Bowl. That compensatory pick isn't going to win you a Super Bowl, but having Anderson Day as your number three safety, that's a that's a roster spot that can win you a Super Bowl. He was one of the best safeties on the Vikings um, back in their 2017 run. I know they got blown out of the water by the Eagles, but they still made it to the NFC Championship game. They weren't a bad team by any means. So I think having a guy like Sandejo as your number three safety, teams would dream of having a situation like that. So mm-hmm. I think um, – yeah, you can save a pick, but I don't think Harry Roseman's worried about the pick. And that's saying something because it's Harry Roseman. He loves his draft picks. But you bring in a guy like Andrew Sandejo to win a Super Bowl, not to win an extra draft pick. It's as simple as that. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's a long shot, and they got to focus on the now. Like where we've been saying, Sandejo's a great safety. So, so is Jonathan Cyprian. you got guys like that as your three and four. I mean, that could be a starting duo. It wouldn't be the best one out there, but – I could definitely be a starting two out in the league. So um, the Eagles are set at safety position. They can't keep any more than four just as, um, you know, the running back position is kind of tight to keep five around. It just, 
the Eagles are in a tough situation. They're they're a great team. They got a lot of depth, but it's a tough tough year to keep extra guys around uh, just to keep them. You know, you gotta you gotta be here to play in order to make it. And um, I'm gonna stay in the defensive backfield with Orlando Skandrick. I think if he has a bad performance, he's not going to make the team. If he has a good performance, he probably will because Jalen Mills is probably going to start on the pup list. So there's a spot open for a sixth cornerback, and Orlando Skandrick could be that guy. But the cornerback depth is um, really good, and they all should be healthy pretty soon. Ronald Darby is expected to play week one. you got Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas that are playing Fantastic. We all know what Avante Maddox can do. Jalen Mills will be back soon. Craven LeBlanc will be back soon. And the DBs are very versatile, as well as um, the, the safeties in particular. You can put down Malcolm Jenkins in the nickel, Jonathan Cyprian at linebacker. You know, you can move these guys around a lot. So keeping a sixth cornerback right now when you're going to get another one uh, in a couple weeks, then it's not really that important um, because the defensive backfield is so versatile and he doesn't only Skendrick doesn't provide a lot of special teams value. So if he had that going for him, then possibly he'd make the team, but um, going forward, he'd probably just be a, a healthy scratch early in the season for every game. So I'd rather have them keep another player rather than Skandrick just sitting on the bench the entire time. Yeah. I think it's a tough one with Skandrick just because I personally do believe Either Craven LeBlanc will start on IR or Jalen Mills will start on a pup list because, I mean, Mills, we have no clue how close he is to playing. Then Craven LeBlanc, I mean, I think he's still in the boot, I heard. So he's at least like two months away from playing. So I think in that situation, Skandrick will make the roster. I think his um, NFL experience does help because he hasn't been around for just two or three years doing some good things. He's been around for like almost a decade making things happen, being a service of cornerbacks. So I think um, if the Eagles feel they need to um, place either Mills or LeBlanc on the IR or pub list, I think then it obviously makes sense to keep him around because you need that next cornerback in line to be able to make things happen. But it's tough. I don't think whatever whatever happens Thursday, I don't think it'll really affect how um, his chance of making the team. I think it's more kind of dependent on other guys' situations, which, I mean, it kind of says something about Skandrick a little bit, but it's just kind of how it is. So it, it's tough, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, his outlook on the roster is just dependent on Mills and LeBlanc, like you said. If they're if one of them are ready to come back soon, then Skandrick isn't going to make the roster. I don't think they would waste a spot for him. But if it's going to be a while for both of them, um, or if LeBlanc's going to miss extra time and they're only kind of Mills returning very soon, then Skandrick would be decent to keep around. But I think he's definitely on the bubble just because of the depth in the defensive backfield guys can play at a lot of places and they got to trust, you know, Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones starting and starting most of the game. Um, if there's injury concern with them, then you got to put Orlando Skandrick on the roster. So it's going to be uh, good to see. And he's going to have to have a pretty good game this upcoming preseason game to show that he's ready to make the roster. Uh, can't miss any tackles, can't have any poor coverage skills and has to show that versatility that they like. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, he's had a decent camp so far. He hasn't necessarily played great. He hasn't played bad either. He's just kind of been intermediate, which kind of like what we said with Smallwood, you really need to have a good specialty or show that you're good at doing some things. And we haven't really seen that from Skandrick, but I just think his resume um, in terms of the other guy's situations, it makes sense to keep him around if they're not confident in the outlook of um, LeBlanc and Mills in terms of their health. So it's tough. Um, 
in terms of this Thursday don't have much to look out for, but in general, I, I think Thursday is going to be a really good game to watch. It's not may not be the highest quality game. You may not want to record and watch it at a later time, but it's the, it'll definitely be something to uh, keep an eye out for Thursday in terms of other positions, how it plays out. But in terms of Skandrick, it's kind of just dependent and it's a wait and see. And you'll probably know you won't really get a sense for until Saturday at 4 p.m. when it happens if he's going to make the team or not make the team. So it's tough, but like I said, we'll see. Yeah, and if uh, if he gets – if Skandrick does get cut, I mean, the Eagles aren't – financially strapped at any means at this point but if he does get cut they're saving over seven hundred thousand dollars and uh next podcast we're going to get into the possibility of trading for Jadavion Clowney if you're going to bring in a guy like that then they're going to try to get all the money saved that they can so um it would definitely help out having that extra cash lying around and um helps out the salary cap for the upcoming year so um not a huge deal but you know saving is saving so it would help out a little bit, but not as much as people would expect because he was on that veterans minimum. Um, but at the same time, like the same situation with Andrews and Deho, you might want to value his play more than what you're getting back in return because you never know where that money is going to go to, if it's even valuable or that fourth round pick with Sendejo. So they got to uh, play for now. And if they're confident in him stepping in, if someone gets hurt, then keep him on the roster. Yeah, definitely. That kind of epitomizes the whole situation as well. You're playing for the now, so if you think a guy on your team can help you, you got to keep him around, whereas if another guy's not playing well and another guy his position is playing well, you don't keep him. So, yeah, it's for Skandrick, uh, you hate to see a guy kind of just be in limbo in terms of the situation because it is his livelihood. He He's obviously playing football for his living, so and he can't really control the situation at all, so it's definitely tough, but if they think Skandrick will be of use at least for six weeks, it makes sense to keep him around because we saw last year what happened with the cornerbacks. I mean, they just got decimated by injuries. So you, you can't really predict that happening, but you got to be uh, prepared for it. And a guy like Skandrick does help you be prepared where the guy goes down. You at least have a guy who has experience and has been in the NFL to be able to know what to do and at least hold his own against some of the best receivers in the league. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's tough for him, but uh, – if you're playing for the now and if you really need him, it totally makes sense to keep him. Yeah, good points there. And uh, who's your last player to wrap this up? Uh, I actually think that was my last three, Sweat, Wisniewski, and uh, Sullivan. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. so uh, good stuff there. Um, obviously, a lot of positional battles to look out for this uh, preseason game. There's a lot of like the defensive end position, wide receiver, running back there's a lot of stuff to look forward to so make sure you tune in and it's not going to be a great game but check in on those positional battles and this is a good guy to go by of who's going to be uh fighting for that final roster spot and who could get cut to save something for uh another spot for another player so thank you for tuning in it was a great discussion today make sure you subscribe and leave us a rating and we'll check uh catch you next time on our next birds banter go birds